All right, welcome into the sit-down. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill's Mafia. We are live here on the Built in Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms, and joined here with my co-host, as always, and the co-host of the Buffalo Blitz Tuesday nights, 8 p.m., and the president of Built in Buffalo, the Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson, B.I.B. How you doing this evening, brother? How you doing, Bill's Mafia? Sauce God, we're rolling, baby. It's, uh... How many days? How many days is it? Tell me. I got to know. Oh, boy, we've got this many days until the NFL's first regular season game with the Chiefs and the Lions. It's 14 days away. We are definitely getting that much closer. I mean, we're only two weeks away, ladies and gentlemen. So, Lance, how are you feeling as we are nearing the first, you know, regular season game? But, of course, we still have to wait for the Bills on that Monday night against the Jets. Yeah, so tomorrow's going to mark uh, 17 days until kickoff with for the Bills. And, uh that number means a lot to Bills Mafia, we know. So uh, be on the lookout. Follow Built in Buffalo on all socials. Tomorrow we'll be uh, paying homage to the man who's gotten us to where we want to be, but not where we want to get to yet. So I like it. But said, if you guys are just not tuning in, do me a favor. Hit that like and share. Join us here in the comments because, of course, questions from Super Chat and Facebook stars are heavily prioritized. If you have a comment or a shout out or something you want to ask our special guest, because we do indeed have a special guest with us tonight, Emmanuel Kulu, joining us here. And we're going to find out a little bit about what Emmanuel's got going on and exactly why he's got something special in relation to Bill's Mafia. So I can't wait to kind of talk to him and actually get a chance to hear a song live on air for the first time. But uh, we also are going to get into our uh, preseason preview against the Chicago Bears for our final preseason matchup. And the Bills are getting ready that much to, to get that much closer to making those cuts for the 53-man roster. Lance, with that being said, brother, let's go ahead. Let's kick off that introduction. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this is season two, episode six of the sit down. We will be featuring Emmanuel Kulu as our special guest. But before we do that, we've got to get into our first segment here of getting saucy. Well, that's me. One moment, please. And you moved it on me. It consists of me either being, you know, hyped up or fired up or sometimes, you know, kind of going at people, right? But in this segment, I want to actually take a chance to just let you guys know that it doesn't matter how little money you got. It doesn't matter how little time you've got to spare. It doesn't matter how little of a platform you think you have. You can always make a difference in giving back to the community. And I'll tell you what, it was a great honor to be a part of Stevie Johnson's uh, drive in which we collected school supplies for kids. And I'll tell you what, man, it, just being a part of that, donating some time, it's all it takes, right? You know, I'm not a guy that's got all this money in the world. I might have a little bit of a social media following and this and that, right? But I think that I can at least make use of my time by trying to be a part of the solution. So Bill's Mafia, this week's Getting Saucy is all about me telling you. And all you have to do is be a part of the solution instead of being a part of the problem. If you want to be a part of the, the change that exists in the world, well, you have to be the change that you wish to see in the world, right? And so I'm telling you guys today, it doesn't matter how little you think you have or how little of a platform you think you have or how little of a difference you think you'll make, just donating a little bit of it 
and trying to be part of the solution today, Bill's Mafia, can make that big of a difference. And hey, we love this community of, of Buffalo. We love this community of Western New York. Being a part of Bill's Mafia is a wonderful thing. And if you want to be a part of it, man, you got to really be a part of it. And all it takes is just a little bit of generosity and a little bit of uh, thinking about the guy next to you. You know what I mean? That's all it takes, ladies and gentlemen. So that's me getting saucy this week. With that being said, though, we're going to go ahead and introduce our special guest, Emmanuel Kulu. We're going to bring him from backstage. Welcome in, Emmanuel. How are you doing this evening, yo, brother? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, my man? It's awesome. What's going on, my brother Lance? Shout out to Dave. What's going on? What's going on, brother? So, got a little background music here. Tell us a little bit about ahead, this collaboration with Stevie Johnson and how the uh, the new mafia, mafia anthem kind of came about, brother. Yeah, man. The Buffalo against the world, you know. Uh, my man, shout out to my brother, Natsu Fuji. Uh, Natsu Fuji produced the actual beat. And Natsu sent me the beat over about three years ago. And, you know, I was heavy in the hip-hop industry in 2016. And I had a record label that I was running for a little while, and the label did kind of collapse. We had some differences. So I kind of went away from that for a while, but I had a song in my head for a long time. And um, I was just looking for the right artist. And, you know, a couple people recommended some some people, some, some local artists here in Buffalo. And I just said, Stevie, Stevie. I was like, I remember Stevie had bars. I remember he was spitting on Sway in the Morning. And I said, yo, I want to get Stevie because he's doing so much for Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those Bills players that when he, when he left Buffalo, he never left Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? So other people were throwing stuff in my ear like Cole Beasley or this or that. But when I reached out to Stevie, he was a super humble brother. And I mean, we had did something before on my old podcast back in the day where he looked out. He gave us a shout out, so I said, yo, this is our guy. And, um, you know, we got him on the track, and the collaboration turned out to be magic. It turned out to be powerful. So we just pushed it. We over 4,000 streams now, uh, and we represent the town. Buffalo I think half play. of those streams are me, brother. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, so it's been a beautiful two weeks. We released it last Wednesday. Uh, we've gotten a lot of good reception, so it's been fun. Yeah, it's definitely a great tune. I get kind of goosebumps whenever I hear it. Uh, the verse that Stevie lays down is just absolute fire. And uh, I remember I'm Stevie for you guys. back in the day, uh, he had a bar. It was what? It was, it was, I'm all about my bills like Stevie Johnson or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. I definitely like how you got Stevie involved with because I know Stevie can lay down some bars. I mean, that's without being said, right? But I'm also uh, an admirer of hip-hop music, and I love hip-hop and rap music, and I've definitely – you know, I, I think that I know a little bit more than some people would assume because I am 29 years old. I necessarily didn't grow up with, you know, being a kid in the 90s, uh, you know, to remember Biggie Smalls or anything like that. But I grew up as, you know, a young kid and a teenager, loving old school hip hop. So for you to kind of make a track like that, I thought that was excellent stuff, too, by the way. You know, and it just brings in that hype. Like Lance said, it kind of gives me goosebumps as well, man. So tell a little bit about us. Uh, you know, tell us where we can find you on social medias, where the people can kind of get at you, where they can find the song as well. Yeah, man, you can you can find me. Uh, I am underscore Kulu uh, on Instagram. You can also find me at Emmanuel Kulu on Facebook. You can also find me on LinkedIn. 
Um, you can find the song on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Music. You can find it on Tidal, iTunes. I mean, it's going to be on all major platforms. Uh, we just released it last week, so some of the platforms take a little bit longer than others. But for the most part, they're already on Spotify. You can find it on Apple. You can find it on iTunes right now, today. Let's go, Bills Mafia. Let's get it. Uh, yeah. I like it. So if you guys are just now tuning in, you're live here in the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings, and this is hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms, and co-hosted by my guy, Lance Nelson, the Mafia Montage at Lance Nelson B.I.B. Joined here with our special guest, Emmanuel Kulu, the maker of the newest Bill's Mafia track with Stevie Johnson on it as well. So uh, we got a lot to discuss here at Bill's Mafia. We've also... So we got to discuss our final preseason matchup as well as some of the position battles that are still taking place because we know it's neck and neck at some of the positions. So I'm excited to get Emmanuel's take. I'm excited to get Montage's take. And I'm excited for anybody out there in Bill's Mafia. Make sure to send in comments because, again, ladies and gentlemen, questions and comments from Super Chat or Facebook stars are going to be prioritized. We see it immediately, and it's going to get you highlighted right here in the sit-down live every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and also available via audio podcast, wherever you may get your podcast from. So with that being said, Montage, uh, we've got to discuss a little bit about this Bills and Bears matchup. But let's start it off for some of the people in Bills Mafia that don't know what day and what time to find the matchup. Now, I know it's Saturday, and I believe 1 p.m. And do you know anything about the broadcast montage? Should it be on CBS or anything like that? Well, first of all, 12 gauge coming in here. It's the Bears, and oh, uh, <laughs> I cannot say anything about the Bears without saying the Bears and Ditka <laughs> and Sausage. So got that out of the way. 12 p.m. Central start on Saturday for the Bills. Uh, Going to be here on WIBV, I believe, um, locally. So it'll be Channel 4 locally here in Buffalo at 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, 12 p.m. Central time. So, yeah, if you uh, have the NFL Plus app, you can get it on there, I believe. Um, with the mobile stream. I'm not sure about how the app works on a uh, fire stick or something like that. So uh, either local TV or um, if you're in the market, it'll be on TV. If you're out of market, NFL Plus, I believe it's going to have you covered. And of course, Built in Buffalo has you covered with updates throughout the game, before the game and post game as well on Twitter, Facebook and all that, guys. So make sure to follow us, like us, whatever it may be, turn the notifications on so you don't miss any updates for the Buffalo Bills, as well as any of the updates for the upcoming content for Built in Buffalo. We've got live shows, podcasts and everything with your Buffalo Bills up to date news and such. So let's go ahead. Let's move into our first segment here. And this is, of course, going to be our first time with uh, Emmanuel here uh, as a special guest. About a bing, about a boom. The sit down is bada bing, bada boom, which is the good things that we've seen in this week of the world of sports. It doesn't have to just be Bills or NFL related. So with that being said, Emmanuel, why don't you start us off? What do you got for us for bada bing, bada boom? What have you seen that's in the good uh, for the world of sports this week? Now, you know, for me, it's always Buffalo against the world, as the song says. So our mind is going to be some Buffalo news. Obviously, my man, Michael Vick, the human cheat code himself, was at Bill's, was at not training camp, he had a training camp, but at Bill's practice today. So it's amazing to see the, the, the media attention that we're getting from, from, from the, the multimedia world right now. And to see Michael Vick there, you know, I know everybody who was there was just like grew up watching Vic. So to see him live in Buffalo, 
that's amazing. That's the good thing I see in sports today. I like that too. And you know, and one thing I will say because I'm not a guy that gets into politics or any sort of stance like that, but I will say that Mike Mike Vick has, in my opinion, paid his debt to society. He continuously tries to show that he is, you know, remorseful for what he has, you know, the mistakes that he has made. And I want to say to anybody out there, if you've ever made a mistake that you wish you could take back, maybe think about that before you judge somebody like Michael Vick. And it's really cool to see one of the most dynamic playmakers of all freaking time appear at the Buffalo Bills practice just for the heck of it, right? So I definitely like that. Emmanuel, good stuff. Lance, what do you got for us this week? And bada bing, bada boom. So Mike Vick was kind of the first guy with that giant arm and, and the mobility, right? So do you think that Josh Allen has the stronger arm or was Mike Vick's arm back in the day? I mean, you got two different Mike Vicks, though. You have Falcons Mike Vick and you have Eagles Mike Vick, and both were pretty darn good. Um, probably better with the Falcons, I'd say. But uh, who do you think's arm was stronger, Josh Allen or Mike Vick? I'm going Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm it's got to be Josh. I mean, speed, you it's know that's Mike Vick all day. You know Mike Vick got the speed. Who catching it? Um, but when it comes to that arm, that's Josh. Josh ain't, too many people, ain't, no, ain't too many people all time got a rocket like Josh. Absolutely. Yeah, so my bada-bing, bada-boom is... Uh... Go ahead, Lance. Sorry, brother. Looks like there's a little bit of a delay. Our, our bad. So um, with bada-bing, bada-boom, I'm going to go Jesse Pagula winning uh, the tennis tournament there. I think it was Canadian Open she won. And then she's going to be... She was at Bill's practice this week and then headed down um, to the U.S. Open this week. So all the best to her. And she's been doing good things um, in her tennis career, in the community and everything. So... Uh, just lucky to have uh, an athlete and, and a presence in our community like Jesse Pagula. I like that montage. Really good stuff. So what I've got this week for Bada Bing, Bada Boom, I've got two things. Um, the first thing is going to be something related to baseball, and it's not going to feature the Yankees, of course, because the Yankees have been disastrous. We all know about that. They're probably going to be featured somewhere and forget about it, maybe again for like the whatever consecutive week. But baseball-related – Julio Rodriguez, the young player and superstar that is up-and-coming center fielder for the Mariners, went like on a crazy four-game like tear. He went, I think he had 17 hits over four games. It was like the most over that uh, span of four games since I, I don't even know how long. But this young this young man is a superstar that reminds me a lot of the swagger that Ken Griffey Jr. had when he played for the Mariners. I like that he wears 44, you know, like Hank Aaron did as well. I, I like J-Rod a lot. And you know, as somebody who does love the game of baseball, I can definitely admire other talent. Um, guys like Shohei Otani, you know, making the news for negative reasons. But J-Rod, man, over that four-game tear had me saying, bada-bing, bada-boom, that's the good that I've seen in the world of sports. But I also want to feature something. Um, and, of course, this is in relation to our beloved and the passing of the great uh, Rick Gennaret, Um Longtime Sabres commentator at uh, Key Bank Arena. There was a beautiful memorial uh, put up for him as well as playing some of the audio from some of the greatest calls that he's ever made. It absolutely gave me chills. I was just happened happened to be at Canal Side, you know, the following day, and it was a gloomy day outside. I remember it was just crazy how gloomy it was over the city of Buffalo. But hearing, you know, his calls, some of the things that just give me chills, even thinking about it right now. Um, you know, top shelf, hide the cookies, or you know, stuff like that. But I know that they actually have a memorial this week at Key Bank Center as well, I believe, this weekend. So just to see the city of Buffalo and Key Bank Center and the Sabres organization doing right by, in my opinion, the greatest play-by-play -play commentator of any sport of all time. So that's got me saying bada-bing, bada-boom. Yo, Sauce, man. I, sauce, I got to jump in on that, man. Him, Van Miller, we lost two of the greatest 
sportscasters and not just in Buffalo history. Very true, man. In, in sports history. I feel like the older we get, man, this is the, we see the, you know, more of these legends are passing on and it just makes you wonder who's going to fill those shoes because they are great shoes to fill. And, you know, guys that, like, like you said, Van Miller and Richard, just the way that they call things and with the sound of their voice, man, it's going to resonate. And that's also uh, to pay homage to John Murphy, who will not be in the play-by-play commentating for WGR as well as the, uh, the um, other broadcast for the Buffalo Bills on the radio. So, it just sucks, you know, to see that kind of stuff. But, of course, we got nothing but positive vibes here in the sit-down, which is presented by Duff's Famous Swings. And if you haven't already done so, do me a favor, Bill's Mafia, like and share this. Send in some comments because we've got our uh, special guest here, Emmanuel Kulu, featured here with us as well. That's going to take, take us into our next segment here, though, Montage. And that's going to go into Forget About It. What's Forget About It? Disagree like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac? Forget about it. Opposite, of course, paying homage to the Sicilian roots that are in my, you know, DNA is forget about it. The ugly things that we've seen in the world of sports this week. So instead of starting with Emmanuel this time, we're going to go to Montage this time. Montage, what have you seen in this week of sports that is just ugly and got you saying forget about it? Yeah, for me, man, I don't understand how a talent like Jonathan Taylor gets to a point with an organization where he's got to be traded. And uh, they put themselves in such a disadvantaged, you know, position because they – you know, everyone knows he's good, and they're, they're not going to be able to get um, probably what they want for a caliber of player like Jonathan Taylor. So I, I, I don't understand exactly um, how the business sense makes any sense that, and what they're doing in Indianapolis, but I guess that's why I'm here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter talking to you guys and not running an NFL franchise. So we'll see how that works out for them. But, you know, trading Jonathan Taylor, I'd say forget about it. Excellent. Now, Emmanuel, what do you got for us this week for forget about it? Stephen A. Smith. All right, forget about his hairline. Forget about <laughs> <laughs> forget about his sources who said my man Stefan Diggs didn't want to be here in Buffalo. Look, man, I don't know who your sources is, man, but again, everybody want to ride the Buffalo wave, and this is why the song is what it is, Buffalo Against the World, because even the media always got some slick stuff to say to try to disrupt our team nah 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 so stefan Diggs, shout out to you bro for shutting that down those ugly things from stephen a smith he hasn't spoken on it since so stay silent on the bills for a while i like it well that's good stuff emmanuel so that's i'm gonna kind of you know jump on the coattails of that actually because i've actually gone at stephen a smith i've gone at nick wright several times in this show um, and, and I'm proud to say that, right? So I'm going to kind of jump on your coattail here for forget about it. I'm just going to say to everybody in the national media who have sources, right? You know, and it's even at Pac-Man Jones on the Pat McAfee show who said DeAndre Hopkins was only concerned about winning according to his sources or whatever, right? But no, it apparently didn't matter uh, anything about winning. It mattered only about money, right? <laughs> so that's got me kind of just a little bit ticked off, right? Because I don't understand when people have these sources and where these stories come from. I understand you got to have ratings. Yeah, you got to have stories, right? But at the same damn time, why do you got to pick on Buffalo and why do you got to make something out of nothing? And why does everybody got to go at Stephon Diggs? Because he makes a couple of Instagram moves, right? 
The guy is a superstar athlete, celebrity. He's not just a football player. He's a superstar. He's got women chasing after him. He's chasing after women. This guy is living a life of a celebrity. Every move that he makes is being watched, but you guys are reading too much into it, and all your sources seem to be nonsense. And that's got me saying forget about it, right? So I like that. All right, guys, if you're just now tuning in with us, though, we're live here on the sit-down on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And Built in Buffalo is in partnership with Western Ticket IQ, PLB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, and Underdog Fantasy, as well as the proud partner of the sit-down, Dubs Famous Wings. And, of course, we're live here every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God, and co-hosted by the Mafia Montage. We're joined here with special guest Emmanuel Kulu, who has got a really awesome track for you out there in those Mafia that you guys need to check out that's featuring Stevie Johnson as well, so make sure to check that out as well. But we're going to move on into our next segment here of Victory Formation as we get ready to discuss more about the Bills' upcoming matchup against the Chicago Bears. In the regular season, we talk about the offensive keys to the game or what the offensive keys were to the victory for the Buffalo Bills, depending on if the game was before or after the sit-down. But this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We need to discuss about which offensive players need to finish the preseason strong. So we're going to go to Emmanuel first on this because I want to get some of your takes on the Buffalo Bills. Which offensive players do you think that need to finish the preseason you know, the most strong at this point? I want to see some more from James Cook. I want to see some more. I want to see um, Damian Harris. I want to see him out there if he's not injured still. Um, the offensive line, we, we've been talking about the tackle position. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But I want to see some better protection up front. we got to protect our $258 million coach. Shout out to Dave Myers for that because, uh, you know, if the reality is you put all this money up, you got to protect him. So if he's going to play, gonna play which i'm not too i don't know i'm a little worried about him playing uh with this monday night coming up but since he is going to play y'all better protect him do everything you can so offensive line is going to be my number one okay i like it montage which offensive players do you think they need to finish the preseason strong yeah i'm gonna echo a little bit of what kulu is saying and uh, i think that the offense line has um it would be nice to see the offensive line win some one-on-ones a little bit more consistently than they did against Pittsburgh. So in the preseason, we're going, you know, bare minimum. We're not showing a lot. We're not using actual formations that we want to use in season every play. It's kind of a lot of just general distribution of people. And, and then you have one-on-one matchups that aren't like TJ Watts not going to be one-on-one against Spencer Spencer Brown in the regular season game ever. And he was last week and you saw what happened. Now the interior of the offense line has been insanely good so far. And I'm, I'm really happy to see that. So, you know, just bear with the, the, the tackles need to not get Josh Allen touched. Like when guys come around that corner and hitting, um, you know, hitting the arm of Josh Allen, that's where I get concerned. And that's, even though it's preseason and they're left on an island out there one-on-one, I really got to see some more consistency. But I do want to say, too, I think that a young man, Khalil Shakir, needs to come in and, and show something this week. Because I think if Khalil Shakir has another down game, and that's the last thing we see from him in the preseason, that might be the last we see of him in Buffalo 
uh, in a Bills uniform. So, uh, you know, he's got he's got his work cut out for him. It's definitely uh, achievable, but uh, we got to see him put some things together. I think if he has a good game, you know, he's going to stick with this roster and, and be a Buffalo Bill for a few more years. I like that. So for me, for victory formation, which is this week going to be which offensive players need to finish the preseason strong, um, I'm looking at, you know, Andy Isabella, who's come in and he's already had a strong training camp and preseason. And I just want to see him finish it completely strong, you know, and just and just finish it with consistency the way that he has come in and attacked everything that he has done, right? I like what I've seen out of Andy Isabella, and I want him to kind of command more attention to be, um, you know, maybe have more of a role, not just on special teams, but as well as on this offense and at that slot receiver role, because I like his skill set. I like his quickness. I like the way that he catches the ball, I like the way that he gets up field. He just seems to know how to put himself in position to get the most out of whatever he has in front of him. And that's something that I saw out of a lot of players that played for the Patriots, like guys like Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. Those are guys that knew how to find the little nooks and crannies that allow you just to get maybe another half yard, another yard, which in the world of football can make all the world of a difference, right? So I think that he's one guy that I'm looking at. Montage, I like that you said Khalil Shakir too, because even though I still think, you know, he's a young player, he was obviously, I think he had a really strong rookie campaign for what limited role he did have on this offense. Um, but yeah, it seems like he's had a little bit of a down training camp and a little bit of a down preseason as well. But I have seen some good things out of him as well. Um, I just think that if he wants to be the slot receiver, he's got to really come in and show that he's going to catch the ball and do those types of things instead of just necessarily making the the tough contested catches that he's been able to make as well. I mean, he does a lot of great things, right? He can go over the top. He can kind of even line up on the outside sometimes, too. I see a lot of good things out of Khalil Shakir, but I do need to see him finish strong as well. Um, but I'm also looking at specifically Spencer Brown and Osiris Torrance. I think Osiris Torrance has had a strong rookie training camp and a strong rookie preseason as well. So if he could finish strong, that gives me some more confidence about the offensive line. And I think if Spencer Brown can maybe finish this strong as well, it just, again, I want to add my level of confidence for this offensive line because I think that's one of the weakest points of the Buffalo Bills squad that we have. And it's one of the question marks that we have still at this point, even in preseason. Um, so I want to see those two guys really finish strong. And I think that's uh, that's what I got for victory formation. If you guys got something you want to add on to that real fast before yep. we take some comments, you know, feel free. Uh, I guess it was a comment that I wanted to take, but uh, go ahead, Kula. I'll let you go. Yeah, I love that, bro. When you talked about Isabella, Isabella reminds me a lot of uh, a more speedy version of Chris Hogan. Remember Hogan when we had Hogan back in the day? Um, yep. he might, and he has a little bit of that Cole Beasley in him too. So, you know, you talked about guys like Wes Welker, Edelman. He's definitely that type of guy. I think we need gritty guys that's going to make catches over the middle, big plays, um, somebody that we've, you know, that we've been kind of missing for the last few years, that in the slot, quick, uh, mixed catches, hard, tough catches like Reed used to make back in the day. I think Isabella is going to be somebody I'm going to be watching too this weekend. I like that. Very good. Montage, you want to bring up that comment again and, and take that comment? Yeah, boy, head scratcher here. I think that, you know, a lot of guys were thinking that we could trade for Josh Jones. But listen, this this guy, you know, uh, this regime, I should say, uh, is not going to give up on Spencer Brown right now. And, and like I said, I think we need to taper our expectations a little bit because we looked bad against Spencer Brown one-on-one -on -one against T.J. Watt. I think a lot of people would look bad one-on-one -on -one against T.J. Watt, mm -hmm. and they left him out. And then Marcus Golden comes in right after him, right? And it's just like these guys are good players, and uh, they're not going to be left one-on-one -on -one in the regular season, like I said before. So I get it. Like I think Josh Jones, 
maybe they didn't give the Bills the same, you know, maybe the Bills made that offer, but they didn't want to give the Bills, uh, maybe they wanted more from the Bills uh, than what was gotten from the Texans. And that, I, you hear that all the time that, you know, the offer that was accepted wasn't the same offer that, uh, you know, we offered a, maybe even a stronger or equivalent package, but they didn't take it. So it's all, you know, a crapshoot, I think. You know, Arizona was more comfortable taking the offer from Houston, expecting maybe Houston to give them a better uh, pick, and, and that's where they wanted to position themselves. So, um, you know, more Spencer Brown talk here. And, again, I understand it. Everyone wants Spencer Brown to be a solid um, starting right tackle, and we don't need him necessarily to be great. But I also think uh, we got to show some patience with him. He's going to get help in the regular season with formations and pre-snap motion and things like that. So that's going to help him. One other guy I wanted to touch on, too, is just we talked about the, the starters playing, and um, we had – Josh Allen have one carry for negative six yards last week. I hope he has zero carries this week. And then James Cook with three carries and three yards. Would hope to see a little bit better showing from the run game like we saw in week one of the preseason. We kind of saw them get it going. So, um, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of guys on the field. So, you know, we're kind of we're a week away now, less than a week away now from the cuts. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a big day for a lot of guys especially on the offense because we have a deep offensive rotation yeah. receiver and, and kind of, you know, to kind of go with what you said there montage and to kind of also go with what Emmanuel said too about James Cook. I think the running back position overall is something that I think needs to finish the preseason strong also because we've, we've heard the, you know, why the bills should go after Jonathan Taylor and all the rumors that are linking us to like other running backs and like, it's nonsense, right? We don't need to try and take on that type, even though Jonathan Taylor as great of a running back as he is, we don't need to try and take on that type of drama with a contract situation as well as he might be potentially injured stuff like that right but we have James Cook we have a guy that I think that can play the running back position very well and suited for this offense the way that he can also play in the passing game as well right so I want to see a little bit more of the James Cook too because I think the first preseason game he, he looked pretty solid right four carries for 20 yards and a touchdown so maybe if we can finish strong there as well and maybe we could see something out of our other running backs Damian Harris should he play Latavius Murray as well who's had moments right but we just need to see a little bit more consistency at that running back position so Bill's Mafia though if you're just now tuning in do me a favor hit that like and share your live here in the sit down on the Built the Buffalo Networks Facebook YouTube and Twitter this is presented by Dove's Famous Wings we're here with our special guest Emmanuel Kulu and hosted by myself the sauce god and co-hosted by the Mafia Montage the president of Bill in Buffalo. So let's go ahead, keep those comments flowing, Bills Mafia. But we're going to move on into our next segment here of the Pain Trains. Yeah, so we kind of trains keep on rolling. But montage, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? Which defensive players need to finish this preseason strong? Yeah, I'm loving uh, this defense and how it's coming about. Um, you know, I think that there's been uh, some good play from young linebackers like Dorian Williams. Uh, led the team in tackles both games so far, uh, which means, you know, by virtue of snaps, I imagine. So um, I'm really looking forward to a strong game from our interior defensive linemen. So uh, Ed Oliver, Puna Ford, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, and, and those guys, may, and we'll see who else uh, is available there from the defensive line standpoint. Due to injury, I think DJ Dale may or may not play. We'll see how that goes. But looking to get another look at uh, the rookie, the undrafted 
uh, rookie there, DJ Dale from Alabama. So I think that, um, you know, the, the tackle spot, we're going to, I think, I don't think Jordan Phillips is actually going to be able to play from what I'm seeing. Maybe he'll heal up, but it just seems like um, he's trending in the wrong direction to be playing in a preseason game. So we'll see what, you know, how that bodes for, for a guy like him and, and across the defensive line as a whole, we have a pretty good amount of depth. So it'll be interesting to see through this next week if any trades are made uh, using those folks as pieces or if, um, you know, they'll just be maybe cut and try to get on the practice squad, things like that. I think they have um, some guys definitely in mind where they're going to kind of go set them out in the parking lot for five minutes, you know, while the, the cut line passes and then sign to the practice squad and things like that. So I think that's going to be um, – pretty interesting to see but but as far as this game on defense I definitely see that interior defensive line show out I like that montage good stuff so Emmanuel which defensive players do you think that need to finish this preseason strong which ones do we need to see the most I got two man I got a I got AJ Epinesa I've been watching him for a little while I think um, you know he's got the speed just not getting there he's just hasn't been getting there for me I want to see more from him. I want him to show us something. This is going on with his fourth season, I believe. He's got to show us that he can be elite at times. Uh, then I got to go with my man, who was a part of the, the, the school drive, my man, Kair Elam. You know, I love Kair Elam. He has all the physical intangibles to be a great corner. He has the speed, he's physical, he has the height, he has everything. I just want to see my man put it together all out there on the field and show that elite speed because he is probably he probably has the most elite speed out of anybody in our secondary combined. So I want to see him out there. I think that was something that was a little bit lacking when it came to the Steelers game. And I want to see some more of that from him, some more press coverage um, and some stronger play. I like that. So I think for me overall, I want to see Kyer Lam finish strong because he's been my guy that I think is going to win the CB2 spot. And I think that, um, you know, that's what we drafted him here to do last year and on the first round. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to play his rookie season alongside of an all-pro Tredavious White, completely healthy um, for an entire season. But this year, he's going to have Tredavious White alongside him should he be able to win that CB2 spot. And I think um, just from the little bit that I've seen him and Benford, have uh, kind of been neck and neck, sure, but I think Kyer Lam has got the best chance to maybe finish this preseason strong, get that CB2 spot locked up so he can go about his business and focus on being a pivotal part of this defense for the Buffalo Bills going forward. Because I see, you know, we got to play teams like Miami. You got Tyreek Hill and Jamin Waddle. If you got, you know, Tredavious White working on everything that he can with Tyreek Hill, you got then uh, Kyer Lam against Jalen Waddle too at that point. Man, you just, you're going to be a tough, a tough defense for opposing offenses to go against, especially if that pass rush is clicking too from guys like AJ Epinesa or Greg Rousseau or anybody really. So like, I just need to see a little bit more out of the, the pass rush as well. And I'd like to see something out of any of the middle linebackers that are going to play, whatever we're going to do with that middle linebacker spot. I got to see something, man, because I'll tell you what, it is definitely one of the gaps in this defense and it's noticeable and our defense is just not exactly, I think, anchored the same way that it was when we had Tremaine Edmonds and say what you will about his production or say what you will about his play. But I think Tremaine Edmonds definitely did a lot about making a presence on the football field. He also, you know, called the plays and he was a young guy and he's an athlete, right? He wreaks havoc out there. So we definitely have some shoes to fill with that. So I need to see something strong on Sunday 
uh, I'm sorry, Saturday as well from the Buffalo Bills with the middle linebacker position. So Yo, that being said, saw, on, on, on that note, really quick, see what people don't will forget about about uh, Edmonds is that Edmonds is six five and his arms are long. That's hard for any quarterback to throw off. That alone is a distraction for any quarterback. So yes, he wasn't in place at some time. Sometimes he he didn't shoot the gaps like he should have and things like that nature. But can't underestimate a guy that's 6'5", 250, and that can move like he, he can move. It's not easily replaceable. I mean, he really, we, we kind of miss him. But I want to see some more from my man Dorian Williams. So let's see Dorian Williams too. Now, I know that Dorian Williams actually came up with a calf injury, I believe, today. So we'll see if he is actually limited in his role um, come Saturday as well, for he's going to play at all. But you hope to see some more out of Dorian Williams, too, because he definitely can fly out on that football field. And we drafted him to maybe develop him to maybe eventually slide into one of those linebacker positions and start on this defense someday. Um, we'll see if that's going to be this year. But that's going to take us here into our next segment, Bill's Mafia. But before that, Montage, you got any other comments that you want to highlight real fast? Uh, yeah, big big one goes for both sides of the ball here from Doug is just play without penalties. Need to kind of be mentally sharp, and I think that's the big thing we're looking at. I think they were just mentally out of the game right from the get-go against Pittsburgh, and that was really the, the disappointing thing. It's not, again, I'm not concerned. I'm not going to overreact to a preseason game, but it's definitely disappointing to see them come out there and play like that. So I'm hoping that, that the taste in our mouth after Saturday is a lot different than it was this past weekend. And, and then the other thing is the one I was thinking about this as you guys were talking is it's kind of interesting. They didn't play their starters at home to give the fans a glimpse of those guys playing on the field. And then they, they do play them on the road. So that's a little bit of an interesting thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you have any do you guys have anything to say on that? Do you think it's just you know, an interesting fact that they and maybe it's just because, you know, week one that was at home. And they didn't have another home game. But Sean said that. Coach Sean McDermott said that not all preseasons are going to be the same. So it's interesting they chose um, to sit their starters week one um, when they may have had a more favorable matchup and, and be able to get some guys some time, and now they're starting them two weeks in a row here. I think they. I think that, that McDermott wants to give the fans something to be excited about, which, you know, he knows what he has. You know what you got in Josh. You know what you got in Steph. Everybody else got something to prove. I mean, I, I really wouldn't like to see them play more than a series, if even if they, if, well, they're going to play. I wouldn't like to see them play more than one series because I want to keep those guys safe and ready for that Jets game. But I think he wants to give the fans something to be excited about going into that Monday night. Yeah, it makes a lot I of sense. I think also, too, in uh, previous seasons that we kind of came out flat in home openers. Um, I'm sorry, uh, openers like against the pre I'm sorry against the Steelers in 2021 for per se we came out really flat and I think that's because we didn't really play a lot of our guys during preseason we only saw maybe a, a couple of you know drives out of Josh Allen we thought oh we're good to go always in mid-season form yada yada and then we come out flat right so I think ultimately we just want to be ready to face any competition we don't want to get lackadaisical we don't want to just assume that we're going to beat any opponent we just don't need to have that type of mentality we don't want to overlook opponents we don't want to overlook any time that is necessary to get these guys on the football field and get Get them ready but i do agree i don't want to see them for very long on that football field i want to keep everybody healthy and i want to give the guys that are uh under the radar more reps to kind of prove who should make the team and that's going to take us actually into our next segment here of the unsung hero 
expected. Say that again, brother. Emmanuel, who do you think makes this roster that you at least expected? Hmm. I think Shakir's going to make it. I think Shakir's going to make it. Um, and I've, I've liked Shakir since last year. You know, he showed some flashes from last year. I know everybody's been talking that, you know, we, we've we got a lot of bigger guys this year, that young, bigger and younger guys. Um, but I love Shakir's determination. The fact that he decided to go and work out with legendary emotes, you know, with Eric Moles to try to really get his, elevate his game. Mm-hmm. He's got to come, he's got to show out. And I think he will this, this game and he's going to make the team. Okay, I like it. Montage, who do you think makes the roster that you least expected? I just want to go out, you know, throw a dart at the wall, and I'm not saying that he's definitely going to make it, but I'd like to see him make it. I think a guy like Jordan Mims has shown some things in the last couple weeks. So if you look at his stats here in the last couple weeks, both games he had two catches, averaging over over seven yards, seven and a half yards per catch um, against the Steelers, and then another couple – um, for 30, you know, two for 30, so 15 yards, um, and with a long of 25. So he's actually showing some, uh, passing game skill. He had four, four rushes, nope, that's seven rushes for 23 against the Colts. And then he had, um, four rushes for 24 last week against Pittsburgh up in that average to six yards per carry. So I think if he kind of continues that rolling and can get some, um, some momentum moving forward, they may be able to release a guy like Latavius Murray for the initial 53 and then get him back on the practice squad. And just they're going to have to figure out this roster flexibility. Some guys are going to go on waivers. Some guys aren't going to have to go on waivers. And so for the a lot of the guys that can go on, can avoid waivers and just be signed are, are maybe more of the potential cut candidates than some of the rookies and some of the people in their first four years of their deal. They're going to have to. Um, go on waivers when they get released. So the Bills may be looking for a guy like Jordan Mims to stay on the 53 initially, and then they may be able to do some roster gymnastics from there uh, during the season and whatnot. And I like, I think that Brandon Bean really likes to do that. So I'm going to say Jordan Mims for my unsung hero. Okay. For me, I'm going to go with um, Latavius Murray. And the only reason I'm going to say that is because I didn't anticipate that he was going to make the roster with, of course, you know, Damian Harris as an addition. And, um, I, you know, I just didn't know if he was going to necessarily be able to see the active roster because um, of the level of competition that we have amongst our receivers on offense and some of the other amounts of depth that we have on this entire roster. But I think Latavius Murray has shown he could still play. He's got that downhill, uh, you know, skill set to him. He's a big dude, obviously. Um, and I think that Damian Harris is showing a little bit too much inconsistency because I think, you know, Damian Harris, is he hasn't played yet. He's had knee, he's had knee problems the entire preseason. And so I think Latavius Murray is going to definitely have to be able to be on the roster should we not have Damian Harris good to go because we're not just going to go with James Cook at RB1. So yeah. I think I, think I think think he's going to be on the roster, too. I think that. I think you guys are getting confused, too, from the comments, maybe. Uh, Adam says, no shot. Look, I'm not saying Latavius Murray's not on the team. I'm saying they're going to have to play roster gymnastics to not have Jordan Mims go on waivers and get stolen away. So it's an option for the Bills is to cut Murray and be able to get the 53 and then sign him back to the practice squad, and he gets elevations, and he's still going to be on the team and still playing. It's just a matter of how it looks and how it fits in with all the roster um loopholes and things like that that they have because Brandon Bean likes to use that to his advantage so they don't lose a guy um, through waivers. So that was my only point. It's not that Latavius Murray is not going to be on this team. He's definitely going to be on this team, but it's to say you could release him 
for the 53 and sign him back to the practice squad and play those roster gymnastics. He gets three elevations before you have to then sign him back. And all those things play uh, come into play if you don't want to lose a young, promising guy. And, and running backs, look, nobody wants to pay a veteran running back right now. So they're looking for these younger guys that can maybe catch on. So if there is a back um, – you know, a back needy team. I don't know. Seattle comes to mind that they kind of, you know, their backfield has been a little bit injured this offseason, whatnot. And I'm not sure where they're at with their running backs, but they could be looking for a young guy on a rookie deal to try to get into their roster um, and, and stash them there. So that's that's why I said uh, Mims and, and maybe Murray being cut from the initial 53. But it's not that he's not going to be on the staff. I fully believe uh, Davis Murray is going to be on this team this year. He, he seems like he's at a vital part of it. But for, for the ability to, um, play those roster gymnastics. That's where I think you could be surprised and see that happen, so that Jordan Mims can get on the roster. I like that. But if you guys are just now tuning in, your live here in the sit down on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Dogs Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms, and co-hosted as always by the president of Built in Buffalo, the Mafia Montage at Lance Nelson VIB, and our special guest, Emmanuel Kulu, who's going to be here with us for one more segment before we uh, get into our final segment of Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. So, Bills Mafia, don't go anywhere. We're going to head into our next segment here of The Weakest Link. put me in a good mood always you know i just see mac jones get trucked you know and he's just gonna get ran over and they run it for a bag, you know, for a all right i just love that right anything i can make on the patriots of mac jones i will but Emmanuel, before we let you get out of here uh we want to know what position do you think is the weakest heading into the final preseason matchup yeah um i'm gonna I'm have to go middle i'm gonna have to go middle linebacker no i'm gonna go tackle i'm gonna go tackle i'm going tackle because i want to protect my investment so I'm going tackle. We got to work on that tackle. We got to figure it out. We got to create some competition. We got to get some guys in here. I know we brought some guys in, um, but it, it, it's a, it's a big concern to me right now. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because the, you had the Brandon Shell retirement, right? And so that's yeah. one of the things that's uh, you know kind of those unexpected happenings where you kind of go from having a pretty decent depth at the right tackle position having you know Questenberry be your third option is much more comfortable than him being your second option and then Brandon Shell who you know we thought could come in and, and play some snaps if he needed to uh, maybe he uh, just didn't uh, come in and, and perform the way he would have liked and if he was going to be um, you know cut for me or maybe if he was going to be cut from the team he was saying hey you know that's not my best uh, anymore, so I'm going to go ahead and retire because I want to only be at my best when I'm on this field. So, yeah, would you take a would you take a run at Would you guys take a run at uh Would you take a run at Jason Peters for backup? Yeah, I think he I think you need to at least have the conversation season, yeah. and then see what he, see what he has uh, to offer and see what he's willing to accept. Let him come back for one season and retire a bill, you know, where he yeah. started his career. And let him, you know, retire a Buffalo Bill, maybe win a Super Bowl in his final season with the Bills. You know what I mean? It's fitting, right? It's a great narrative. I like that, actually. But um, let's go back into the, the position that we think is the weakest. So, Montage, are you agreeing that tackle is the weakest, or do you have a different take? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, said in the comments, that's kind of like the whole offensive line really is the, the big um, downfall here. Uh Cousin Eddie's here, 12 gauge over there. Um, it's it's crazy, man. I think that 
for having such a good offense, that offensive line as a whole is going to need time to gel. So I understand it. But at this point in time, you know, more so than the linebacker position, I think the weakest link is the offensive line. And specifically, um, you would talk about right tackle for sure. But, the, you know, it's more so just the offensive line making the mental errors and, and needing to actually um, – how, you know, they need to have the strongest showing, I think, this week to get Bills Mafia back in a joyful mood because I think a lot of people are concerned. And, and like I said, I, I don't think you should be concerned. I think you can be disappointed uh, in, in the performances, but, I, but I, I'm not concerned when we actually get to the season so much about either linebacker nor um, offensive line because we're going to be in packages based upon personnel. We're going to be doing, uh, like I've mentioned, pre-snap motion and a couple of different formations that are heavier to the strong side of the defense to kind of help these guys out at tackle. So, I, I you know, the, the position, um, if you want to say single position right tackle uh, as a group, I think offensive line for sure. And I just think that it's not necessarily a position to be overly concerned about yet until we figure out what's going to happen. And maybe we see some of those formations kind of unleash this weekend and see, you know, maybe, maybe they stack a couple of guys and help Spencer Brown or help Deion Dawkins from getting run around in a speed rush to the outside. Because that was the biggest thing, seeing those guys get walked back and just blown by and then, you know, defenders having their arms at, you know, out at Josh Allen. And, and what we went through last year with the, with the elbow injury, I think we need to make sure that he stays um, upright and healthy. And I, I would normally, I would probably go with you guys here with the offensive line, but I think that the offensive line at least has guys that can play. We just, you know, need to see everything kind of come together. I think the middle linebacker position for me is just everything that I'm looking at because there's just too many question marks. Who's going to be the guy? You know, AJ Klein is older and he's not exactly what we want, sure. And it seems like he might be the guy that's going to be the favorite to, to take it, but Baywin Spector can't seem to get it. I, everybody is what I'm saying for the middle linebacker position. And it's just got me, there's just too many question marks that exist there. And I think our defense really with the question marks that exist with Vaughn Miller, if he's actually going to be good to go week one, even though I did see he was actually practicing in pads and um, in a helmet for the first time since his ACL injury. Um, but there's, again, there's just too many question marks that exist at that middle linebacker position for me. So I think that that is the weakest link for me in this week's show. But real fast, so, I want to go ahead and say thank you again to our special guest, um, so Emmanuel. So go ahead if you, want to, if you want to tag along on yeah, that. On that really quick, you know, when you look at, the guys that McDermott has used when it comes to his defenses. I, I and I'm agree with you completely. Luke Clifley and Tremaine Evans. These are two big athletic linebackers that he had. Um, and he builds his defense around that middle linebacker position. So I I a hundred percent agree that that's a big position to be watching. I like it. But Emmanuel, again, thank you for joining us here in the sit down tonight. Our, our first time guest. I'm sure that we're going to have you back in here again. But again, tell the people where they can find you on social medias and tell them again where they can find that Bill's Mafia track that you got with Stevie Johnson. Yeah, man, you definitely can find the Buffalo Against the World song. This song represents us as a fan base. We got people right here in Buffalo who even try to hate on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm calling y'all haters out. And I'm also... We got the media hating on us. It's us against everybody. Shout out to my man, Stevie Johnson. You can get that on Apple, Spotify, get it on iTunes, all the major platforms, title. You can find me also, I am underscore Kulu on 
uh, Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Emmanuel Kulu. You can find me on LinkedIn at Emmanuel Kulu as well. So make sure y'all get that Buffalo Coast World. Put that in your tailgate playlist. Excellent stuff, Emmanuel. I appreciate you for joining us here in the sit-down. Of course, we're live here every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Built-In Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We're happy to have you, and we hope to have you back here soon. Again, brother, appreciate you so much for coming on in. And, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Emmanuel Kuda, uh, Kulu, which I'll tell you what, montage, one of the uh, – one of the more cool guests that we've had on here, especially with having a musical track that features Stevie Johnson. So guys, make sure to check them out again. Uh, great stuff. So that's getting me fired up to finally take us into our final segment here, ladies and gentlemen, in the sit down. If you haven't already done so, do us a favor, like and share this. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, and it's going to take us right into the Mafia Montage, Maniac of the Week. Yeah, this week in the Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week, I want to give a shout out to Christian Benford. He's been playing his butt off this preseason, and he hasn't really gotten much attention for it. I think he was thought of as uh, almost out of the competition at one point in the training camp, and I think he's making a push now to be the week one starter. So shout out to Christian Benford, uh, 47, and then he's this week's Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. Excellent stuff, Montage. I love it very much. And ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for us. Now, next week's show, we'll take a look at the final roster moves and everything post-preseason that you and Bill's Mafia need. And, of course, that will be next Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Built Above Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms, and co-hosted by my guy, the co-host of the Buffalo Bits on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Peter DiBiase, right here on the Built in Buffalo Network again. And that is the president of Built in Buffalo, the Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson VIB. Guys, make sure to check him out. And check us out here every Thursday night again, ladies and gentlemen, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but also available via audio podcasts or wherever you may get your podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next Thursday night, Bills Mafia. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills, baby.